MLS Aces podcast. This is your host, Tom Sweezy. And Jason just froze at the perfect time. That was a pretty funny little shot there. Uh, but this is episode 263 of the podcast. As you guys can tell by the Jason stretch, by the Sam, just pure, just composure right now. It's full of energy right now. We're full of energy <laughs> on this beautiful, beautiful Tuesday night. But first of all, first thing I got to ask, and I'll go around the room here, Sam, I saw your Instagram post. How was your Memorial Day weekend? Uh, it was good. We had a lot of fun. Um, did a lot of swimming. It was my son's first time swimming, so that was a good time. Uh, and it, it was just, you know, a couple beers, some burgers, hot dogs, all that good stuff. And just, and I enjoyed a three-day weekend, too. So That's grateful good. for that thing. You know, so exactly, Jason. How was, how was your How was your memorial? It was good. Day? Yeah, I was busy. Drank a bit. I walked five miles <laughs> to the shed aquarium, and it was closed. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of ups and downs. It's not great. Right. <laughs> but there was alcohol. Alcohol. Oh yeah. 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 Good. Nobody decided to look at the clock. Good. I mean, that's <laughs> that's always good too. Um, you know, Jason. I've been getting a lot of texts from you saying that you've been drinking a lot lately. We never did this on the pod. My buddy won a trip to Europe because of it. Yeah, yeah. What? Jason, All Jason, I didn't tell the story, but great, yeah, so great story. We went to um, to like a Premier League bar called AJ Hudson's in the city, and we went at like six in the morning, and they do a, a raffle for the entire season every time you get a Carlsberg. You fill out a form, and the drawing is that that was that day, and so we were like, "All right, we're gonna go. We're just gonna drink some Carlsberg, see what happens." And one of my friends won. It's a two ticket, wow. all you all paid for, plane, game, hotel. For oh my god, the, the dream! What country? Uh, England. I, I would assume England Premier League bar. It's that makes sense. Premier League. Yeah, you can go to any gaming. It was bar. the Welsh Premier League. They they were gonna see a. <laughs> TNS play. It was yeah. the Cypress Premier League. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty bad. Is he bringing cool. you? And we put the sticker up in the map. Yeah. Yes. Go Follow If you them. haven't seen it, Jason sent me the photo and I put it on the uh, the MLS Aces Twitter account. But we our sticker is up at AJ. What? AJ Hudson's. AJ Hudson. Sorry. I'm not AJ from, from Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> not from Chicago. Chicago. AJ Hudson. Chicago. Shout out. Now you got MLS Aces smacked up on that wall. Love to see it. Um, is it notoriously like a Liverpool bar or is it just like a premier? Um, yeah, kind of Liverpool leaning. Okay, that's fine. I'll never walk alone. I don't care. I mean, I, they I, play it like people from like they've uh, Tottenham was playing that morning. So, like, a got Tottenham it. people were there. Uh, there's a it's pretty much just Premier League, but it's just the hub. Always, yeah, yeah, it's a good hub. Kind of like it's kind of like the soccer factory in New York City. I don't know if either of you have ever gone. Um, and there's other there's other spots. The soccer factory is probably most well known in like Midtown Manhattan. So for anyone listening or you guys or whatever, if you ever get a chance, you just want to catch some Ecuadorian third division soccer at <laughs> 2 p.m. on a Sunday. Like they have that at one TV going in. Like, Hell yeah, TV in the corner. But I was on the fire. We're away because I was next to the stadium Saturday night, and I was like, "Can we just be playing here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I guess let's dive into the the world of MLS, the world of U.S. soccer, right? The the, the thing the podcast is about. Um, I'm going to skip down in the notes a little bit, boys, because I'm going to kind of follow Jason's train of thought here, what we're going with, and I want to give it the whole time. Let's go. This is a dangerous game. (laughs) We're going to just we're going to pat Jason's back the entire time. First and foremost. (laughs) Got to congratulate and give love to Jason Chicago Fire on advancing to advancing past the round of 16 in the U.S. Open Cup, defeating Austin two nothing on the road, which is impressive. To now go and take on the Houston Dynamo. I think Houston's at home, if I'm not mistaken. For yeah, for that they game. are. So I, Jason, I vowed not to say a bad word about Houston until the game is over. Okay, that so is don't totally ask fun. me. Don't ask me. I'm not. I'm I not rude. I won't ask you how you feel about Houston or the game, but how do you feel about the fire right now being, um, I guess, still alive in a competition where hey, we're getting to the corner finals and we're the getting fire are pretty fun right now. Like they're going to let in a lot of goals, but we had three goals in both games in the last two games in MLS. Uh, we can see it through, but you know, it's, yes. it's, it's pure chaos. It's, and it's been, it's been fun to watch. I mean, I've been having a blast <laughs> going to the games, just watching tons of goals. Goals are fun. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're going one way, they're fun. But yes, but hey, I, at least we're scoring. At the beginning of the season, we couldn't score. Now he's got to just start defending like the beginning of the season and scoring like now. I feel like with the fire, it's, you're getting one or the other. I don't <laughs> think it's probably hard. are. Well, I will <laughs> say when we were when we were uh, playing New England, we were up too well. I was like, there's no shot. And then they tied it, and we went up three. <laughs> uh, we went three two, and I, and then I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a rough ten minutes." And immediately they scored on the corner. I mean, so. look at the end of the day, you got a road point against one of the best teams in the conference. That's that's a solid week fifteen performance. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're gonna think optimistically about the. Hey, fire. I'm pretty happy with it how it's going so far. You know, I can't be that upset. We've had. Really bad season. This one is, is just bad. It's not. It's not good. It's I know. mediocre season. There's still hope. Okay, in my yeah. mind, there's still yeah. a shot here. I I know I, I joke around with you in the fire a lot, but I am honestly at this point probably rooting for the fire in the Open Cup overall. I'd like to see the fire get the the MLS record, or I think it's the MLS, or it might be the overall record, um, sixth U.S. Open Cup title. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. That would set setting them um, different. And for you know what, for for Jason's just overall like you know mental well his mental health morale. I was going to go morale, but mental health is fine too. Um, both, you know, both can be true. I would like to see the. Fire I, I do feel pretty though. bad for Ezra. We went on a big, big like Ezra World Tour celebrating him. We can still then, feel that way. Yeah, but we're playing much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the anything else you want to say about the fire, and then and then I'll I don't want to overly pressure you into being too um, optimistic about them. Chris Brady is incredible. He's a very good goalkeeper. <laughs> yes. Imagine I'm sure if someone knows great. about it. Imagine if he US. was at the U20 World Cup. I'm sure he's already known about outside of the U.S. I don't think so. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. He wouldn't have played. Yeah, Gaga would have. Gaga's ahead of him anyway. Yeah, Chris Brady. I've always said it. Chris Brady made sense. Brian Gutierrez, not so much, but whatever. So the U20 World Cup. Yeah. 
No, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that yet. We're not doing that yet. I just I want to quickly see how I can push. <laughs> Don't was... you fucking worry. I'm ready for it tonight, Jason. I haven't. There been was um, two. Just I want to quickly run through the rest of the Open Cup and kind of what that looks like for people who are listening, because there's also two things in there that I want to get your guys' opinions on, because it's fun, because it's the magic and the trash of the U.S. Open Cup. Um, but like no I said, in this Open Cup, it's beautiful. It, it's a. It's the. It's uniquely American. Is as how I'll describe the U.S. Open Cup, um, but Houston, like I said, who are going to be facing Chicago in the quarterfinals, they took down Minnesota four nothing behind a um, Corey Baird hat trick. You know, scratch that one off your bingo cards. Had it. Um, FC Cincinnati, they beat the Red Bulls on the road in penalty kicks. Wild moment. I don't know if you guys saw this one, but normal starting goalkeeper for the Red Bulls, Carlos Cornell, had to come on and be subbed on in a player as a field player in this one because the Red Bulls didn't have enough bench options and. Ryan Miera was in net. So mm-hmm. Cornell comes on the, I think it was like around the 60th minute or whatever, the kit man for the Red Bulls had to go and press Cornell like uh, on field Jersey, like a kit That's player, awesome. a field player jersey to get him into the game. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like he played a ton, but he he had to play. And that's just, again, the wildly American U.S. Open Cup that I love. Dante Van Zier, he came back after his, you know, uh, it's not alleged his incident that happened on the field, his racial racist incident that happened on the field against San Jose. This was his first game back in the U.S. Open Cup. He did score the game tying goal in stoppage time, but then he lost he lost the game pretty much for the Red Bulls uh, by missing the PK. So karma's around the world, I guess, there. Um, then we had two cup sets with U.S. Um, USL championship clubs making it to the quarterfinals. Pittsburgh Riverhounds beat Columbus Crew 1-0 at home, and Birmingham Legion FC beat Char- a 10-man Charlotte FC at home 1-0 as well. So Pittsburgh and Birmingham, congratulations. You're still moving on in this one. Um, Inter-Miami. That's, that's what I like about the Cup, too. So my yeah. All those people who watched, you know, the Wrexham documentary and they're like, damn, I wish we had one of these. Yeah, I wish yeah, we had right. Oh, my God. <laughs> it would be so nice if we had one in America. I mean, I've, I've made the joke before and I'm not the only one to make it, but like, pay attention. Hey, this is, I started loving um, the locomotives, El Paso. Yep. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I <laughs> love them. They, let, they did let me down, though. Remember, I said, if they don't win, and, yeah, they lost. Like, yeah, they lost your fandom. Jason's still trying to find his USL club. So every <laughs> USL club that's listening, you still have Jason's ear and or pocket. We tweeted Jason to become your newest fan. Or just you should. No, you don't need to pay me. You just have to inquire and then win your following game. <laughs> <laughs> Although a jersey would be nice. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Food. I like this, Sam. Sam. Sam pumping it. Yeah, I'm trying to help you. Forward Madison's close by, right? I mean, that is true. Technically, they're affiliated with the fire, too. They really should be my team. I mean, it's or they might have been Minnesota until recently. I think they switched. To the yeah, they were Minnesota until recently. Yeah, and then it was Chicago. And they, yeah, I, I feel like they're unaffiliated at this point because I feel like MLS and USL are separating, but that's a whole other larger, uh, I guess, topic about US soccer going on. That's an off season podcast when they that's definitely an off season podcast. 
Uh, I want to just wrap up these last three round of 16 games from the Open Cup. Inter Miami, they beat a heavily rotated Nashville SC side 2-1 at home. Um, Real Salt Lake in the Open Cup version of the Rocky Mountain Cup took down um, the Colorado Rapids on the road 1-0. So RSL advances. And then the last game that I just want to quickly mention, and I want to see if you guys saw it and your opinion on it. The LA Galaxy, they actually have a little bit of luck this year, and they beat LAFC 2-0 in this year's open cup version of El Trafico. Obviously, this was a heavily, heavily rotated LAFC side, a bunch of teenagers, a bunch of academy kids. It was pretty much an LAFC C team. But um, Puig, he scores in this game and then takes his jersey off and does the messy celebration, holding up the jersey to the crowd. How do you guys feel about Puig celebrating in this manner against LAFC? Yes, it was an El Trafico, and I guess every single rivalry game is important to the history of the rivalry. But um, Sam, I'll start with you. It, it's it was it was an interesting <laughs> time to pick the jersey, that the jersey celebration. It's uh, I mean, look, I guess it's a rivalry game, but that's kind of a weird. I mean, I guess that now that's the real magic of the cup is at least he played with Messi, so like true, it can't be like just some dude who's copying him or like doing the Ronaldo like yeah. celebration. At least he literally was probably he was probably on the bench in that game where Messi did that. So, I mean, fair. Very I guess like I mean, that's like better, but it it's kind of it's really funny to watch. But you know what they they beat LAFC technically. <laughs> asterisk, <laughs> right? It's a giant asterisk. There, it's but. like it's 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 fine to do that kind of celebration, but like you're not. Were we that impressed? They have they, two are wins you not losses. entertained? If they beat like a fully like. A full starting eleven LAFC team, and oh, I respect it. You know, Puig, um, sorry, Push, not Puig. I keep on going Puig, Push, um, it, and and he was having like a Dennis Bowanga like MVP type season, and this was just like you know, I just beat LAFC with this goal, like you know, throw it on there, like mm. sure, but you beat like dudes who only have LAFC appearances because of the open cup and LAFC's in 15 competitions right now. Like that, that's literally also, the galaxy lose like every other game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so this was his only opportunity to do it. What do you want? From him? <laughs> <laughs> so he's thinking about it for a while. Like 15 year olds. I mean, good for him. <laughs> hey, at least he didn't do it against like the orange County SC team. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> That would be like, that's like yeah. um, the Carlos Vinicius did that for for Spurs against like Marine, and he like scores the tap in and does the like what's yeah. up celebration. It's like you guys got to know your place here, Sam. If this was a game where the Maryland Bobcats had advanced this far and they they were hosting the LA Galaxy for some reason, and, and yeah, Pooch comes up that's to you, right. you, fuck you, Pittsburgh, you scumbags, <laughs> and Pooch comes up to you. And he's right by the supporter section. He just raises his jersey to you. What are you doing? Oh, there's a lot of middle fingers, and there's a lot of words <laughs> I can't say on this podcast. Uh, I, I got to be honest. If anyone needs to to let out rage, join your local supporters group. And just like my wife does not come to games because she knows what I say. Hey, that's it. That's <laughs> and, it. And hey, I feel great at the end of it all. I it's lose healthy. my voice, but there's a lot <laughs> of cursing. And there's, I mean, we have a guy with just a megaphone. Who just looks up the coach's name and yells at the coach the whole time? So you can you imagine, Greg? Hey, Greg! Yeah. <laughs> nice shoes, <laughs> like that, like the whole game. Like that's the kind of shit. 
So, so it's kind of like, you know, what I've been doing to Jason the last like few months of this podcast of just like, Jason, fire suck, and then move on. Like, <laughs> and move on. A few months. I mean, remember, we need to check the dates. Oh, on. I'm sorry. How many years have we been doing this podcast? Remember Brandon Vincent? Yeah, like that's oh, all. Oh, oh, you, I mean, you Matt Polster, the greatest, uh, the greatest duo at fullback. Yeah. We were doing the podcast when that happened. That's how long we, we were. We were doing, yeah, that was breaking news at some point. That was, that was heartbreaking to watch. Point. Love it. All right, let's wrap things up with cup competition recap because we did miss it last week. But um, Canadian Championship, the final is set. And, you know, we're getting to the point where we care about the Canadian Championship, which is typically the final. Yeah. Um, the Vancouver Whitecaps, they beat CPL side Pacific Anything the Whitecaps are in, we care. Jason cares. Jason's gone from Timber Jason to to Cappy Jason. You can't you can't just like jump Cascadia teams like <laughs> first of all. Jason's a Sounders fan. Uh, fine. None of them were me initiated. <laughs> you can't just no. jump ship okay. like that. Jason. See, I push just because the, the Timbers suck. I push the Timbers <laughs> fandom. Jason, you yeah, push yeah. the Whitecaps fandom. I've been pushing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. (laughs) I'll own it. I'll own it. (laughs) Jason's a big Valor FC fan. I can like him. I can like them all. Who cares? Jason loves everyone. Big Canada guy right here. Except for some teams. Montreal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Toronto. Montreal. Yeah. Oh, we play them. I can't say anything mean. Yeah, wow. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> I like Colorado because they got yappy. Like, I can like things. Jason likes players, not clubs. <laughs> well, I like the fire. I don't really like St. Louis. There you go. Oh, oh, that's a whole that Midwestern rivalry. Yeah, that is. That is. All right. I'm going to go just re- recap. Oh, where we team are. Team this is just interesting at this point. Um, no. Austin kind of screwed me over when I picked them to do good things, and then they chose to just not not, so. not do good well, things. Well, and then they gave you the Open Cup round of 16 wins, so that was there. We're sorry. That's true. So they're like they're like mid-tier, like exactly yeah. like one good thing, one bad thing, complete even down. That's fine. Austin, That's fine. mid That's fine. I don't think about them at all. All right. I'm going <laughs> to. Clearly I'm, not. I'm going to steal this convo back from you guys real quick. Um, just recapping the Canadian Championship. Whitecaps beat CPL side Pacific FC 3-0 in their semifinal to advance to their second straight Canadian Championships where they are the reigning champs and they will try to um, go back to back in this competition. CF Montreal, uh, they beat CPL side Forge FC in their other semifinal to advance to um, their Second Canadian Championship. I was reading my words wrong to advance to their second Canadian second Canadian Championship final in three years. Both clubs are in an interesting spot where they're looking to win their second Canadian Championship title in three years and secure a uh, CCL spot in this brand new format. The Canadian Championship final is set for June seventh. Uh, you know, you guys can unmute yourselves. Just I also yeah, want to, but it's more that. fun to make you do it. Thank <laughs> you, appreciate it. Um, anything you guys have to say about the Canadian Championship? final and and vancouver who do you guys have winning oh thank jason with the predictions okay um and the score we should do the score why not okay prediction and score (laughs) vancouver 2-1 after extra time vancouver Mm. 2-1 after that's very specific too write that shit down i'm i I don't (laughs) (laughs) i don't really want to (laughs) 
remember this if it, if, it, if it's real. <laughs> Montreal has been playing well as of late. But Vancouver, I think, is still too talented. I mean, you can't do that to me. Come on, pick Montreal. Otherwise, come on. I mean, but if you let me finish, Jason, Montreal, <laughs> I still think I really trust, you know, what they're doing right now. And I like the youth. So I'm going to pick Montreal to win 3-2 in regulation. I'm taking Vancouver 2-0. Oh, yeah, you have to have Please a tie. Taka Oka shout out. Yeah, I'm not letting him consider. Well, I don't want no, to be no, bad no. existence. He's he's getting a, a shout out in this final for you. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I got I got bullied into taking Montreal, but that's fine. I'm rocking with it. It's all good. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Um, if it was cat butthole Montreal logo, though, it'd be so funny if either Montreal wins and he just gives us a ton of shit. Or if Vancouver wins, you guys aren't living it down. That's just that's, that's <laughs> Yeah, but if Vancouver wins, we get to make money if you were picking Montreal. Yeah, like, why would I pick yeah, Montreal? Right. Loser. Let's talk U20 World Cup. I know Sam's very excited about this. Oh, yeah. Sam loves the U20 World Cup. And it has gone swimmingly. For the U.S. U-20s, as we are now, um, as of today, as of recording, um, well, sorry, yesterday, if you're listening to this on drop day, but as of recording, the U.S. just beat the New Zealand U-20s 4 nothing to advance past the round of 16. So congratulations to the U.S. Um, it has been fantastic because, yes, the U.S. just made it to the next round, but they are also four wins, zero draws, zero losses in this entire tournament. They haven't conceded a goal in this entire tournament. The only team in the U20 World Cup to not concede a goal. Um, and there's a lot of talented young squads in this tournament. Um, they have a so, really good keeper. Yes, they also have a very good goal. Oh, I don't know who it is, though. <laughs> it should be Chris Brady. Um, Sam, I'll my, oh my. I'll start with you because we we can talk about individual games or individual moments if you want, but I'll just start with you about how you're feeling overall right now about the this this U.S. squad's overall performance. Oh, I have been loving it. Uh, I was actually really nervous uh, in the Ecuador game, and it really did come down to the last minute. But like, what a banger that was! Also, but it, uh, after that, like, I mean, I wasn't worried during the Fiji game. Slovakia was a good game too, and that's just like mm-hmm. I feel. Like, the team's vibing really well, and they're just getting better each game, which has been really fun to watch. And the next game is on the 4th, and we'll find out who they play tomorrow. It's either going to be Gambia or Uruguay. So, mm-hmm. like, I feel I feel great. And I don't know if you guys have looked at the brackets, but they make me really happy. <laughs> because the U.S. – I mean, Uruguay would be tough, but I do think the U.S. can beat Uruguay if that's who they play. And then, you know, you're going to play either, like – and now it's going to be Israel or either uh, Brazil or Tunisia. Like I feel, I feel good going into this right now. Like you're looking ahead um, right now, man. You're looking. I ahead. sure am. Like, hey, man. <laughs> like Kate, Kate Cowell looks great. Yeah. Gaga looks great. The defense looks solid. Like I love it. I'm really, I'm happy. Like the U.S. U20 team. Has Everybody's trying to get in on the scoring too. It's not like it's been. That's like, true. Like people subbed on, just start scoring. Yeah. Good Scott. I say they like, sub on. It's like first, second touch. Yeah, the yeah. Puskas goal, like, I love that he showed up, like, just in the round of 16 
after his club season was over and is like, fuck it, off the bench goal. After he scored in the Croatian yes. Cup final, he yep. comes first game, subs on, scores for the US U20s. The dude's on a roll. Like, this is, and so Jason, he's having it. This is the type of kind of performance, is what we're saying, oh, of putting his name God. on the map and getting that future <laughs> transfer. I didn't expect that. That was good. Uh, I'm never so, Jason, sorry. I was just going to preface all of this in saying now that the round of 16 have started, um, Rokas Pukstas and um, Kevin Paredes have joined the U20 squad. So the squad is actually getting better talent-wise as well, yeah. so to, to, to Sam's point. But Jason, um, as you are a U20 World Cup lover, please tell me how you're feeling about the squad right now. I'm feeling it's good. Like this is so a good. lot of fun to watch. I'm not a hater of the <laughs> World Cup, man. Like, what I watched the U twenty World Cup one time. You, you guys are. You <laughs> I listened back to the episode. That's what you said. You're like, I've watched the U twenty World Cup once. <laughs> I'm Listen done. back. I don't want to talk. I'm about sorry. It. I don't. I don't mean. To, I'm sorry, Jason. Go ahead. No, no. Tom, mute me. It's fine. I'm very happy for the cool. team. I'm excited. Tom, mute me. <laughs> Uh, okay. We've, we've annoyed Jason with it. That's fine. Um, I do want to give love to, yes, Jason, you did make a point of everyone's getting involved. Everyone's scoring. Right. But at the end of the day, Kate Cowell is leading the way. He's at three goals right now, which is one behind the golden boot leader for this tournament. Cesare Casadi, Casad. I don't know how he's the dude from Italy is scoring. He's scoring a ton. Um, but Cade Cowell is in that next group right below that with three goals after today's match as well. You know, he has a legitimate shot at winning the golden boot for this tournament, which would be fantastic. And I'm sure the San Jose Earthquakes front office would just be absolutely loving their life if Cade Cowell finished, you know, best 11 performer, um, golden boot winner for this tournament. I mean, I think overall, probably the San Jose Earthquakes front office is loving this tournament already between Cavill and Nico Tassaris as well, who scored um, in the Slovakia game. Uh, both San Jose Earthquakes players uh, were, the, were the scorers there. But one thing that's really kind of stood out to me is I was talking about this with my friends who aren't big MLS followers they're watching the u20 world cup and they're like the u.s just look like they're playing at a higher level than a lot of these other countries that they faced and my argument for it was the u.s have a lot of players who are getting first team minutes or who have played at larger competitions whether it's mls regular season ccl uh Club World Cup, even, I guess, if we're going to talk Obed Vargas, too. But that a lot of our players are just used to playing high-level minutes against other professionals who aren't 20 years of age or younger. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, if like that potentially is something that matters or something you've seen. I think it's a Cade Cowell is a clear example of that because he's played so many minutes um, at this point in his young career. But I don't know if either of you guys have, have a take on that. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Like, I feel like a lot of people under 20 are getting first team minutes. Or if yeah. they are, it's like yeah. super rare. It's like maybe a cup game for the rest, you know, where they cycle the squad or something. But like, like half the people on this team are getting first team minutes, if not more. I mean, even Yappy, who kind of just like, I, I love him, but. He really just started getting major first team minutes this year with Colorado. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of these guys are used to 
just being a professional already. Like they're not necessarily in the academy still. They're on the pro teams, you know, whether it's in MLS or elsewhere. Um, and I definitely think that helps. I mean, the, the confidence they probably have going against, you know, a 25, 30, 32-year-old or something versus now they're going against literal kids with yeah. them. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's a, just night and day difference. Like if you watched, and again, I, I'm I'm gonna keep stroking this guy's ego, but it's it's worth it. If you watch, go back and watch Cade Cowell versus Slovakia in that final group stage game, you just see how much of a different level he's at. And I mean, look, he missed some clear cut chances, but I think it was also at a time like he, you could tell he was also feeling himself in that game a little bit, and he was just hitting stuff, and maybe it wasn't the best play or the best um, thing he should have done in that moment, but you could tell he realized he was on a different. Also, what what I just thought of is like, imagine going against like people in their primes or like twenty seven year olds or thirty year olds or whatever. Like those guys are way bigger than (laughs) pretty much on average, like way bigger than anyone they're going up against now. Yeah, yeah. So the just the strength difference is probably massively noticeable for them. The strength, the speed, the ability. I feel like just that is is big enough gap to be like Kate is going up against you know huge MLS defenders you know been Diego Jara who's been kicking people for <laughs> a decade plus so like you go against that put that on a t-shirt go, hey we all love him we all love what he can do but like yeah. that, that I think makes probably the biggest difference I mean imagine doing that and then going up against you know some seventeen year old. <laughs> playing six and just being like, all right, well, you're not really going to be as fast as Chara or as, as, uh, I don't know, strong. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, it, it, it all, it all makes sense. And right. It, it obviously doesn't translate to every single, um, player on this roster. Right. Because look, uh, Sam, to your point, uh, Jonathan Gomez, the dude who hit the banger in the first game against yeah. Ecuador that won us the game. He's playing for Real Sociedad B. And before that, he was getting all of his first team minutes in USL. I'm not going to call – I love USL, but I'm not going to call USL, you know, getting premier <laughs> first team minutes. Yes, you're playing right. other adults, but you're not playing at a, a, a level like MLS or, or higher or whatnot. But – you know, you're looking at guys like a Brandon Craig, who has looked fantastic this tournament at center back, who, yes, he hasn't played a ton in MLS, but he's gotten to learn the last few years from guys like Jakob Wesnes and Jack Elliott, who who are some of the best, if not the best center backs in Major League Soccer. So everyone has their own story, I feel like, on this U.S. team. And, and that's just kind of what I'm loving about this U.S. team is everyone's done it and everyone's done it a little differently. But that's my take on it. Sam, Jason, you guys have anything else you want to finish up with? Um, apparently, we're the only uh, – sorry, this is a tweet from USMNT only on Twitter. Uh, the USU20s are the only team in the world to reach the quarterfinals of the last four FIFA U20 World Cups, hmm. which is pretty – that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I mean, I'll that take it. Cool. I'll also take what a up, win. England? <laughs> <laughs> So if so, I'll get super hypothetical here. If the U.S. managed to win the U twenty World Cup, how big of a deal should we make it? I'm ready to win in twenty twenty six. I mean, that's for twenty maybe twenty thirty. Twenty thirty is looking good. You know, the the one that's going to be in like 
uh, Portugal, hmm. Spain, and the Ukraine for some reason? That's a good question. I'd like to win on home soil first. No, that's fine. Nah, yeah, oh, yeah, we'll take we'll back it up in the second. Yeah, take both. Yeah, we'll take both. It's fine. I feel yeah, like I don't, it, I don't know. It's a big deal. We should definitely make it a big deal mm-hmm. because it is. But it's not as big of a deal as it really feels like it would be. Like, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. I, I can agree that we should make it a big deal and these players should be celebrated and like, you know, people are probably, if we win, right, this is a whole, we're going out on a deep end here. We're going three games into the future. <laughs> people should probably, you know, people are probably going to be like, this is a golden generation of talent and blah, 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 right? Like everything that's going to come when you have youth success, but youth success doesn't necessarily translate to the senior mm-hmm. team level. Mm-hmm. Um, you like to hope it does and you like to think it does and, Look, there's also a lot of dual nationals on this team as well. Rokas Pukstas is not – he is a dual national Croatian-American. There's a chance that we could lose him to Croatia if Croatia decides to get interested in, in a guy like Pukstas. So there's also chances that we don't ever lock down all of these players that are on this U20 squad. I think Brandon Craig is uh, an English-American. I don't know if Brandon Craig's in England center back level. I mean, if you're looking at Harry Maguire at this point, Brandon Craig might be a better player, but I mean, there's a chance, right? There's a chance that with a lot of these guys that they are dual nationals and other national teams can be like, Oh, the U S U twenties just won the, the U 20 world cup. And we could potentially have this guy on our roster. Let's go get him type of deal. And he's been playing. Let's go get him. So there's a chance for everything, but I always just like to Even be called. Even Cowell is a dual national still. Like, we have to be careful. No, we have Key Cowell. We capped him. Did we? Oh, you're right. Okay. I mean, there also is the chance, like, these players might be great 20-year-olds, 20 but we have no way to know if all or some will even develop. Like, these, these guys might not all turn out, you know? We've seen it a million times. Fair. I think that's very fair. Not to like, like put anyone down. Wow, basically. Like, 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 no, it's like the, the, them versus the 20 yes. year olds they're going against now in five, 10 years. It Could might be not be, story. it might be a smaller gap. It might not be a gap. Who knows? Of course, right? And, and that's the. Everyone kind of develops differently. They might, yeah. That's the, de- that's the development game to a T right there. And right. You just hope that you know successful young players can turn into successful. If winning pro- will boost that a lot, though, like yeah. winning the World Cup yeah, really helps. Boosts, I think a ton of development and just like you guys are preaching, getting their name out there. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Thanks. Preach. All right. Welcome, welcome. Just want to quickly. The, oh, the roster for last the 2019 U20 World Cup. Like those guys are the guys who are at this point. Four years later, really starting to come up. Chris I mean, Durkin some... was Durkin on that. Yeah, Durkin was on that roster. Chris oh, Richards, guys... Mark McKenzie. Oh, damn it! I wanted to see how many people I could guess. Go for it, because I got I got the roster up. Abubakar Keita. No. Damn. <laughs> oh, for one. Well, <laughs> that's it, guys. Good night. That was great. This is the. Uh, I mean, this is the U twenty roster. I think he he was on the U seventeen roster. I think. Who was the Who was the the goalkeeper? Wea was, I think, on that team. Uh, Wea was on that team. Yeah. 
Who's the goalkeeper? Adams might have been. Oh, wait, there's a Bubakar cut. Why isn't he with all the other defenders? I knew it. You got me. You you got that one. Was it right. Adams? Adams. No, Adams is. Adams, he didn't make it for some. I think it was like a weird Red Bulls didn't release some thing. No. Oh, and he's oh, he was a starter. Sure. Oh. Oh, but Jason, how did it's that so sad. It's so sad you have to Why would you say that? Who he was? Why would you say that? Yeah, it's because he scored a goal against Chelsea in his debut for freaking Red Bulls. Yeah, in a friendly. <laughs> Love it. Great story. Friendly. Great story. Um, but, dude, half these guys, like, I mean, Soda, Sebastian Soto, like, we, he's still playing in the Netherlands, and, like, we never saw what happened to him. No, I mean, there's Julian Araujo, who is now a Mexican. Like, um, Des was on that team. Or he's, like, he's still owned by Norwich, but he's not playing for Norwich. No, 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 no. Who was on the – Oh, uh, did he get – what was it, like, Heracles or something? Norwich. Who was, like, sold... the main striker? Oh. I want to say um, it was Soto, wasn't it? Uh, I think Soto was the Sergeant? main striker. Wasn't then, that um, on that team, right? No, he was in the um, he was in the 2017 one. I was just looking at that too. Um, uh, Julianes, uh, Brandon Cervania, uh, Conrad De La Fuente, um, Tim Weah. Yeah. Those was are kind Eric of like, those Williamson are the big in that team? No, he I assume got He's injured. Way yeah. too old, right? Williamson's <laughs> like our age. He's, <laughs> he's like 27, 28, but it's fine. God, all these guys are like between like 99 and 2001. And I just, uh, but Sam, just to answer your question and to all the people out there who are very excited to hear where Sebastian Soto is, I, mean, I can literally is, check his Wikipedia. He's that I'm also on. playing in the Austrian Bundesliga right now. Oh, Austria Klagenfurt. Fuck he has it. a goal in 10 appearances. Shout out Sebastian Soto. Oh, Killing it. All right, let's talk more about the USMNT because a lot has happened news-wise with that. Um, only a few days ago, a report came out that Anthony Hudson will manage the USMNT through the Gold Cup this summer. <laughs> Plans quickly changed a few days later as, um, again, as of drop day yesterday, or drop day if you're listening to this, yesterday the USMNT announced a coaching change that BJ Callahan is to lead the Nations League and Gold Cup as Anthony Hudson's replacement. Um, again, so Callahan will be an interim head coach. He's not the primary uh, full-time head coach. We're just going interim to interim to interim. We're just we might never hiring. have another primary head coach. I'm telling you, well, Jesse Marsh has just taken too long to sign his contract. We mailed right. him six months ago. He wants to go on vacation <laughs> for a bit. Let him chill. <laughs> if you guys don't know who BJ Callahan is, because I didn't know I who don't. he was either, um, he, he was an assistant under Hudson and also an assistant under Greg Berhalter when he initially joined the program in 2019. He was previously a Philadelphia Union assistant coach for seven years as well. And first he joined with the Union Academy and then two years later became a assistant coach under Jim Curtin. Um, that's pretty, pretty much good resume. He's, he's, coached, he's coached under some of the best U.S. managers we have in recent time, right? The the Burr Halters, the, the Jim Curtins of the world. Um, so now he will get his first ever head coaching gig as interim manager of the U.S. men's national team for two major competitions. Don't know how I feel about Mexico that. First, we're, real, right? we're, we're, we're a dysfunctional group. His first game, Sam is right, his first game I think is against Mexico. Fuck me. Yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. Um, well, but if he wins, that dude can have the job. It's fine. We have Balligan, so that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? That still happened even though Greg was gone. He's like, Everyone's who's like, the coach? Anthony Hudson got all the dual nationals. <laughs> like Anthony Hudson 
did not get Balogun. Balogun is going to be on his third coach since learning that he could sign with us, basically, or become one of us. I don't want to give Berhalter too much love, Jason. We, we did that last episode, I think, to the best of our abilities of, of giving Greg Berhalter his, uh, his, his kudos and, and his, his dudes. Kudos, sure. yeah. Um, but, yes, it, it, there's not much to talk about here, I think, rather than the U.S. is still – trying to figure out who the long-term manager is. I think Jesse Marsh is an option. I don't know if he is the guy. It looks like Burhalter is not the guy. I think Burhalter's on Swansea's radar to be their next manager. It's really funny um, to me. It's, it's, Swansea's just the American club, bro. That's it. I, I um, yeah, Leeds but, doesn't exist. You're right. <laughs> you know, it's like just... a nosedive after he left. It's... Just saying... I, how do you guys feel about where the U.S. I, on the men's side, right? Because the women's side, we're looking Sounds strong great. going into a World Club, uh, World Cup. The U20s are looking strong going into a next round of a U20 World Cup. But yeah, but Matt, on the yeah, men's, Mel Swanson got hurt. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> we never talked about that. It's been oh man, that's a rough one. <laughs> no, it's all good. But I, where do you, where are you guys feeling confidence wise on the men's the men's senior program? Um, do you feel confident? Do you hate where we are, or is it just like we're waiting it out and we'll see after all these summer competitions? Pretty much. I don't feel like I can make an accurate answer without these competitions, but. The changing in coaching multiple times does not make me feel confident in that regard, but I still have confidence in the players themselves. Fair. Is that a good that's answer? Fair. That's a fair answer? Uh, like, that's very <laughs> diplomatic. It's a fair answer. It's a fair. I'm not going to say it's a good answer or a bad answer. I think it's a fair <laughs> I'm going to say it was good. No, 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 no. Not good, not bad. Fair. I think very. I'll allow it. Like if you were, yes, if you were a king, you'd be like, I'll allow this. Like, that's fine. <laughs> uh, bags of rice. So Sam, uh, where's your confidence or where's your head at when you think of where the, the U.S. MNT is? So I understand why, like, U.S. soccer is taking so long. Because essentially what they're doing is they're hiring the manager who's going to be around for when the U.S. hosts the World Cup. So it has to be the right guy. It has yes. to be, like, the perfect candidate. My guy, like, okay. I, like, the list isn't that hard to put together. One week for the list. Second week, you start calling agents. Third week, you start doing interview. Like, this is not that hard. I'm going to – and, like, we're just changing up, like, people inside the structure of U.S. soccer who are then going to make these calls all the time. And it's I feel like we're just – We're just killing all this time that we should be having a coach who's, who we're going to have through the World Cup who's going to get Pulisic and, you know, Adams and McKinney and everyone on board and ready to go. And instead they're just like, I don't even know what kind of, what kind of style are we going to play against Mexico? Yeah. That actually is a big issue because like even it's not good. Just having the coach, they don't even need to play games. He could already start be talking to the players and saying, you know, Hey, this is what I like to do. You know, I see you in this role. I see you doing this. Like, right. None of that's happening behind the scenes. So, and we're an interim for the two major major types of games, tournaments. And then it's like, all right, well, now we're just going to start over from scratch. New new tactics, everything. Also, U.S. And, fans are not going to be, like, lenient because, like, if we don't win both competitions again 
with an interim manager. We're not going to be like, well, it was an interim. We're going to be fucking pissed if we don't win. Like, I don't think U.S. soccer gets that. Exactly. I think it, it's such an interesting turning point because, Sam, it's like I agree with you. I don't want the U.S. to to, to make the wrong hire because you do have to you know, almost hit this hire out of the park for the 2026 yep. World Cup. And to be honest with you, I almost don't – this is going to sound wrong or bad. I almost don't care who the hire is as long as the U.S. and everyone, Matt Crocker and, and everyone who's now been hired into their roles following this this um, this World Cup in Qatar, are fully in support and will give that new manager everything that they need. If this manager comes in with the plan, they want to execute this plan, they bring the players in and the coaching staff in and everyone that's coming in to, to execute how they feel the U.S. could best win in 2026 – I'm all for it. I don't care if it's Thierry Henry. I mean, again, I have my list of who I prefer, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be so pissed if it's the fifth or sixth guy on my personal list. I feel a little upset if it's Thierry Henry because he's incredible on CBS. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to Jose and call it a week. Bro, if Jose Mourinho is the next manager of the U.S. men's national team, I would love my life. I love Jose. Sound you, do you really? I honestly sounds, sounds like someone who hasn't had their club team managed by him. Fair. I like him. I yeah, because like he didn't manage your team either. True. Well, yeah. Tim, have you heard him recently? He said Tottenham's the only team that he's managed that he doesn't love. So yeah, he's fucking right. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with Tottenham. him. Yeah, that's not exactly like Tottenham loves him either. Sam's like, don't get me wrong. I love Jose. It's just he's shitty for my club. Yeah. <laughs> but who gave him a good? lot of money and he sucked. Everyone sucks at Spurs. I know. Isn't it yeah. awesome? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's really toxic. Watch Pochettino win the, win the league next year with Chelsea. Dude, uh, you, will you shut Spurs up, at? Tom? <laughs> I, I cannot describe how like my Saturdays get bad when Spurs lose. And I just get pissed. Like it's not fun. It's like Sam in the supporter section for the Maryland Bobcats. You right. don't want to hear. Don't don't hear. hear. Somehow DC United's the one that brightens up his day. <laughs> Shit. How far um, we've come. Wayne oh, really right. does it for me, I'll tell you what. Can I can I advance this past the USMNT conversation yeah. with saying yeah. we're all in a point of being okay with waiting, but it's a big wait and see. We want to see action soon. Got it. Okay. I mean, I, I it, sounds, it just sounds like we're action. not going to get we're not going to get what we want until after the Gold Cup. So like, yeah. we've got like we want three and now. a half four months. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's my team. It's my you. It's my national team, and I want it now. You. To be fair, U.S. soccer should also want this done. Yes. Like it's like pretty ridiculous to be honest that they still don't have someone. I feel like their their first option. Didn't happen. Probably and now they're stalling it out. I know. Yeah, Whoever Don really didn't want us want to do it, did he? Yeah. <laughs> Pep's, Pep's still enjoying uh, Pep. enjoying managing. So just waiting for Pep to retire. Yeah. Once he well, once he wins the uh, the Champions League, he's like, might as well go win a World Cup with the U.S. Now. Pep could get his dream though of managing. That would legitimately be like. <laughs> could you imagine? If he then won a World Cup with the U.S., like there would be nothing left to say. Like that guy would. Right. Win. He, he wins him. soccer. Yeah, he, he wins soccer. soccer. <laughs> you win, Pep. You win. All right. Completed <laughs> it, mate. 
let's advance <laughs> it. And Jason, I know last episode we kind of quickly touched on this, and I don't want to go down a complete dual national route conversation route, but Timothy Tillman has officially been approved by FIFA um, to represent the U.S. men's national team. He is a DF, uh, DFL Super Cup champion. I, isn't it a DFP? Whatever. He won the, 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 German, the DFB. He won the German Super Cup with Bayern. Yeah, but they have fun letters. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. the Deutscher Fußball Bund. It's like the... Yep, yeah. yep, the Umblatt. Uh, yep. The um, Umblatt. <laughs> I don't know. We it's know all, we know all. German, guys. We're all German. Um, <laughs> he, he did represent yeah. the German U19s internationally with five caps. That was his highest international level. Um, 107 pro games for LAFC. Um, Gruth Firth. I, Gruther first, I can't ever pronounce that, sorry. And Nuremberg, um, five pro goals and 10 pro assists to his name. And he's only 24, which really surprised me. I thought he was much older than that, maybe just because yeah. his younger brother, Malik Tillman, has been kind of exploding onto the scene in U.S. circles. So I was like, oh, Timothy's older, but he's only 24. So at this point, I am just Wait, Timothy's so the happy. older brother? Yeah, I always thought he was the younger brother. <laughs> no, Timothy's oh, older. Oh, um, fuck. Malik Malik is young. Ma- Malik, I think, yeah. Oh fuck, I mean, uh, that changes a lot of things for me now. But my my, I guess, <laughs> thinking shit. here is what? this is the deepest and most talented the U.S. men's national team pool has ever been. I That's I think good. it's fair to say, and Until I just love month. it. Love it, and, yeah. <laughs> keep saying oh. that. <laughs> I mean, like it's gonna get better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but. Any any opinion on Tillman or uh, Timothy Tillman to be specific? <laughs> I wanted to talk about Timothy Tillman in relation to. Did you guys see the comments he made about the CCL final? No. So do you want me to? Jason's got him? a good grin. I like it. Jason's like, I'm going to bring this topic. No, you guys are going to love this. I I really I thought you might might have seen it. I think it might have come out today or yesterday. I feel like uh, I mean, I've got something to throw at me right now. But I might no, have no, seen no. it. You guys will like this. You guys will like this for sure. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. He's got the L right behind him. All right. So he said, I think Mexican teams really don't play that tactically. It's more or less emotional. Very much 1v1s. It's all about fighting, all about the emotions. Of course, they've got quality up front. But if we play well, I'm sure we can win over there. Absolute legendary comments. And God damn, dude. He hasn't even played a game for the U.S. yet. And he's just like, you know what? Fuck I them. mean, this is more in relation to CDL versus Leon. Yeah. Guessing, yeah, yeah. But like, this is, that's a bold thing to say before the game. I love that. I, I love it in the sense of shit housery between yeah. U.S. And, and, ML, and Mexican soccer. I love that. They better fucking win now. <laughs> That's what yeah. confirmed me now yeah. is, is Timothy Tillman, as like to Sam's point, has never represented the U.S. to face a Mexican national team, mm-hmm. and, he, and LAFC with Timothy Tillman on the roster has never faced a Mexican club. Right. You are about to get two studs Smoke. into every part of your body, Timothy, and welcome to facing. Uh, hey, I like the confidence though. Look, I like the confidence. I, I respect like the, the talking. confidence. I respect what he's doing. But if Timothy Tillman doesn't go out and hit a banger for a goal in in Lyon, Mexico tomorrow night, <laughs> it's going to be a mess. I mean, it's going to be. Yeah. Hey, I want to also say that because now tomorrow it's got a little added weight to it. It's going to be. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, like outside of already, like the whole. It's tonight for the listeners. Yeah, tonight, right? 
Um, outside Get ready, of listeners. LAFC <laughs> are back into a CCL final and Carlos Vela playing a Mexican club in a CCL final. Like now this is just a whole other added storyline to it. So thank you, mm -hmm. Timothy, for that. Yeah. But I just don't know if he's ready for what is going to oh, happen. Dude, it's going to be hilarious. I, it's just like, it's first of all, Club Leon, I will give credit to a, a, a Liga MX team. Club Leon tactically is probably one of the better tactical teams in Mexico. And I don't even watch a ton of, of Liga MX, I'll be very honest. Um, they were probably one of the better tactical teams in Mexico over the last like five years. So I don't know if. Timothy's just trying to talk shit, or if English isn't his first Haven't language. Haven't they been just like kind of so-so this year? They've been mixed performances, but they're 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 tactically sound. I, I mean, would say. in MCCL, you can never count them out. Yes, you can't really right. count any Mexican team out ever. So I'm gonna give a little preview to to the CCL first leg tomorrow. So Jason, we're gonna follow your path and we're gonna we're gonna take the CCL route right here. Um, but today, if you are listening on drop day, um, but for us talking about this right now, this is going to be tomorrow, uh, June 31st. LAFC will travel to sorry June 31st May 31st. LAFC will travel to Leon, Mexico, to take on Club Leon. LAFC has beaten Alajuense, Vancouver Whitecaps, and Philadelphia Union to get to this final. And in the last five MLS games, LAFC with rotated rosters has two wins, two draws, and a loss. Club Leon, they've gotten here by beating Tower OFC, AC Violette, and Tigres to get to the CCL final. And Leon um, recently lost in the Liga MX playoffs to San Luis to be eliminated from that. But overall, in their last five Liga MX games, they have one win, two draws, and two losses. Um, I am going to go down the Jason route here and. I'm going to say predictions, boys. We're only going to do leg one predictions, though, away in Mexico. Sam, I'm going to put you on the spot first. What are you thinking, um, I guess, how LAFC will fare traveling to Mexico tomorrow night? I think, I mean, uh, they rested all their players against, uh, you know, LA Galaxy. I think yeah. they're pretty much ready. So I, I actually, I expect... I mean, LA, LA has been there before, like, you know, they've, they've fought, you know, tooth and nail against Mexican teams before. I think, I think they'll, they kind of know what they're up against. I think, I don't think I expect them to win necessarily, but I would expect it one, a really good performance out of them and probably a draw. Okay. I think both teams will score though. Fair. So that's fine. I don't need exact predictions. I just like. Both teams scoring in a draw on the road. That's fine. I, yeah, I was going to say definitely they're going to score. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say two. And, you know, I just don't want to pick. I don't think they're going to concede three. But do I think they're going to concede two or one? Probably one. I'm going to one LAFC. Two I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be bold. Yeah. Be bold. Okay. That's fine. That's fair. Timothy I mean, Tillman with the banger. It's going to be 1-1. One, one, I was going to say, put, put that money on Timothy Tillman to score. <laughs> yeah. This is big, though, right? Like, this is – we've talked about this storyline how many times on this podcast. This is what LAFC is working towards. They, they've made it to the final. They lost it. They've won, now won MLS Cup. They've now won Supporter Shield. This is their plan. This is their goal to, to dominate – globally to to be a recognized name and team and club globally and winning ccl does that so they're gonna come I, out on fire 
they're gonna come out hot, I feel like, yeah. but at the end of the day, I'm gonna say yeah. first leg on the road. It's gonna be a two-one loss for LAFC. I think Leon probably take it at home, but I think LAFC scores to keep it close enough to to get that all-important away goal, and we'll see what happens in LAFC uh, or in LA uh, next week. So I'm I'm gonna be optimistically negative. That's the thing. No, I like, I like That's that. the spirit. That's kind of where I was like initially going, but I just That's the MLS spirit. That's the MLS spirit in CCL. Um, yeah. Let's finish things up by talking about the other team out in – or actually, sorry, there's two things we can talk about. LA Galaxy, that's, let, let's go with that because I think this could be an interesting conversation but a relatively quick one. Um, but the LA Galaxy have part ways with club president Chris Klein announced on Tuesday, May 31st. Um, head coach and sporting director Greg Vanny will continue to lead all soccer operations while you know other, other people – within the LA Galaxy will handle the business operations of of the, the the club overall but right now you know it is in probably worst case scenario maybe not worst case but as close to worst case scenario as you can possibly be for the LA Galaxy club front office all of it in MLS play and regular season play the Galaxy have the worst record the lowest amount of points the worst goal differential and probably every other worst stat that you could possibly think of it is it, the lowest goals yeah, there you go. So you can cool. keep going down down the list of how bad the Galaxy are. Yes, they are into a quarterfinal for the Open Cup. Maybe that's the one shining light that you can focus on if you're a Galaxy fan. But if you are on you know MLS social media, MLS Twitter, or anything like that, you will see pissed off Galaxy fans every single week. You will see upset, desperate, uh, depressed Galaxy fans every single week <laughs> talking about the club. I've openly talked crap about the galaxy on twitter and galaxy fans are like yep this is right like that's how you know your club is in a bad spot when fans are just like this is bad um and many fans have been calling you know for the figurative head of chris klein and you know i can almost hear galaxy fans rejoicing all the way from from new jersey right now (laughs) um that chris klein is out as their president um it's been bad for the galaxy in a recent time. So I want to hear, you know, Jason, I'll start with you. I want to hear, is this just like, you think something that could potentially fix things overall with the culture going on with the galaxy, or is this just like the first of kind of a few cuts that need to happen? Um, I don't have a crazy hot take on this, but I, to me, it feels like this is not, this is, I don't think it's like a dominoes personally. I feel like he's going to go, it's not going to switch right away, though. Like, we're going to get – they're going to be in this for probably the rest of the season. It's not going to be great. They might improve a little. I don't see them drastically, you know, going on a 15-game win streak. Now, if they do, that will be – come back here and yell at me. Um, <laughs> but to me, it just it just seems like a, a necessary move to move on from that because, obviously, they, like you said, have been horrible. Just absolute horrible horrible um so yeah i mean i i don't i feel like this is a big move to take klein out of it and then see where they can go from here but i think they're gonna have to be patient about it okay i mean i think that's completely fair i will also say i'm interested to see where 
I don't think Greg Vanny will become the club president, head coach, sporting director. Like, I don't think he's going to get all of that for the long term. I do know, and, and I know I texted both of you this, so it's not like this is shocking news to both of you. Yeah, but, that's right. Uh, that's part of why I didn't I didn't want to say it unless you wanted to say it. But I I'll also it. don't think it's going to be a domino thing because of that. It, yeah. It's it's not like um, you know it's not like I'm outing. At who specifically this is, but I do have sources. Everyone, I'm pulling my my Tom Bogart, Adam Schefter stuff here. Um, sources inside the Galaxy locker room said the the locker room of players and coaches themselves still trust in Greg Vanny as leaders of the the, the soccer side of the things, which makes complete sense. So I'm not going to go past that really. So it well, makes and sense. And Vanny obviously has a history of winning in this league. It's, it's yeah. not someone you just move on from immediately you have to the i mean these things take time obviously Klopp's sort of the fall man let's see if you know he was the right fall man i guess yeah. i know i i fully agree and we'll, we'll see i guess kind of what happens in the future if things this start to start to turn for the galaxy um sam you know avid galaxy lover i know you are how you know how me are how are your thoughts right now for chris klein out with the galaxy yeah they uh this is a big deal for galaxy fans like you said i know i mean i've heard on podcasts for years about how they really really hated chris klein he really operated in like an mls 1.0 kind of way and so in terms of like this is like jason said this isn't going to change overnight but the, uh, the summer transfer window is opening up and he is not in charge anymore and that's a big deal like i really think that you're going to start to see changes Probably some guys moving out, some new guys coming in that Vanny that Vanny probably wants. That I think give it another year, and you'll probably see some decent change out of the galaxy with Vanny in charge. Like when Vanny took over in in Toronto, like they were pretty shit. I'm yeah. I'm pretty confident in saying. And no, then he and then he took them up, and, and it also helps when you get like Giovinco and, and Josie and, and Bradley. But like, and those are the kind of signings you need. But you also need those small pieces around that Chris Klein doesn't understand. And so I think this is a really good move uh, from the front office of the LA Galaxy to get to the point where, like, give Greg Vanny what he wants and he's going to give you an MLS Cup in a few years. It's interesting you made the point of Klein operated the Galaxy as, like, an MLS 1.0 club, still kind of resting on their laurels of, of you know, the, the 90s and the early 2000s and stuff like that, which, you know, the Galaxy as an organization totally deserve to, to shout right. those titles and trophies as much as they want because they deserve it. They want it. Um, they, they, you know, they either whatever they whatever you want to say, bent the rules it took the rules to their advantage and, and, and they won titles and, and any club, if that was your club, you know, you would be celebrating that the same. But um, what is interesting to me is that I'm going to kind of pull this back into a conversation that, you know, I think Jason and I or Sam, it was, it was one, it was an episode where it was just one of you and me. I don't remember which one it was, but we were talking more about Austin FC and kind of, you know, why they're losing, why things are looking bad. It might have been after the the CCL Violette they lost, but it was more like my personal take was it starts from the head down. Like if things aren't going at right at the top, like it's going to trickle down eventually into on the field losses and on the field looking like a sloppy mess of a soccer team. And I think that's almost what's happened now with the Galaxy of from the head down, things were wrong. From the head down, they operated as Sam, to your point, that MLS 1.0 team, relying too much on star DPs where the league's past that point. Douglas Costa is not a DP that's going to win you 
trophies and titles and games in, in major league soccer at this point, but this is, this is where we are, you know? So it's, it, it's good in my opinion that Klein is gone, but there are obviously other clubs in MLS who maybe are still a little DP reliant. And that's going to kind of transition into our final thing that I want to talk about tonight. And that's TFC Toronto FC and maybe another manager that has a history of winning a history of success. How long do you respect that history of winning and success before you have to make changes. Um, If you guys did not read the article that came out on The Athletic um, by Tom Bogert and someone else, and I'm so sorry to that other person while Jason or Sam talks, I will look up who that other person is. Um, But there are issues going on with Bob Bradley and Federico Bernadeschi. Um, Pretty much Bradley decided to sit Bernadeschi in the week 15 game against DC United for a coach's decision. Apparently there are some places saying that, you know, it was due to Bernadeschi vaping in the locker room or whatever, but during this athletic article, more and more is coming out about how Bernadeschi and I think Insigne as well are not really agreeing tactically with what's going on within the organization, Bob Bradley, like, how things are happening and the playing time of Michael Bradley, I think was mentioned in there as well. And, and a few other things. So clearly the star DPs are not in line with head coaches. And this is something we've seen every single year, every single month in the game of soccer globally, right? Heads, head coaches and star players, butting heads. Typically in, from what I've seen or what I would say is the, the players eventually end up winning that, that headbutt or those two, you know, Rams batting heads at it. But what do you think is going on? And Jason, I'll start with you of just kind of how much hate is within that TFC locker room. And if things are <laughs> potentially going to get worked out or could get worked oh, out. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. Um, there's a lot. Yes. Basically, based on, you know, what I've read and what you've kind of talked about just now, like, to me, it sounds like he's, Bernadeschi's just not taking it very seriously or doesn't care that much. Um, And I think, obviously, someone like Bob Bradley, like, this guy's a respectable guy. Like, in MLS, around MLS, around U.S. soccer, he's won things. He's he's coached at the highest level for a long time. I don't think it doesn't matter who the player is. He's going to probably call him out, talk shit, or, you know, put him in their place and say, you know, this is the way. This is – we're here to win games as a team. To me, like, it, it could get worse. Like, I, I really don't know, man. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to read into that locker room. Um, I don't want to read too much, but, like, it it definitely could get worse. Like I don't I don't feel like this is rock bottom. If that's the question here, like it's it's just such an interesting case, right? Because it's like you have to take where TFC is right now, and Bob Bradley is the sporting director. He's the head coach. He controls the players that come in, go out. He he controls the players who are playing on the field. He has a and- lot of say. He has a lot yeah. of say, and and that was the reason why Toronto FC brought him in after Greg Vanny was that they wanted you know a, a, a 
someone who isn't going to falter in the kind of that transition. They wanted someone who's going to create a culture, create winning culture and continue that. Right. And that's, that was the idea of what Bob Bradley was. That's why they go out and get Sean Johnson, Matt Hedges. Uh, you know, they bring back Mark Anthony Kay and, and, and all of, and then they bring in two of the biggest names in Italian soccer, you know, in, in the world right now. Uh, so it, it's such an interesting, unique um, thing, you know, I feel like also where they are in the table, like it looks really bad. It's not maybe as bad as it might look. Like they still are on 16 points. There's still a lot of time left. Montreal's in that final playoff spot at nine with 18 points. So obviously, you know, I mean, they have Montreal's game in hand. DC has 19 points, same game. Yeah. Um, but like, Winning heals a lot of things, and if they rip off three, four, five wins, we might never hear about this story again. You know, like, it, it's a it's a weird line where like it's it's a bit difficult to judge completely because it also matters with the context of the season where they are, where they go. Yes, you, you, you are correct, right? At the end of the day, you know, winning will cure all. And that's something that, you know, we, we've said on this podcast before of if they win, if they make the playoffs, if they somehow pull us around and win MLS Cup, right? Like no one's going to give a shit about this. But if we're looking at this in the terms of right now, things do seem messy in that TFC locker room. And Sam, I want to let you kind of give your take and your opinion on, on what's going on right now. Yeah, it's... It's it's an ugly thing to do. It's also it's it's kind of funny when Bernadeschi and Insigne came over. Those were big deals in a different way than like, and I think we talked about this when when the Insigne deal happened. That's a bigger deal than Zlatan coming over because Zlatan was a very aging um, striker from he came off of Man United injuries and then he just came and it's like but it's Zlatan. It's like but Insigne was like still top of his game for a team that just won Serie A the next season after he left. Like, um, Bernadeschi was still a, a big rotation player for, for Juve. Like, it's it was different to get them both over, and I don't really know if this was the best move in their careers. And I think that Bernadeschi has kind of made a, made a decision as to why he's up – that he is upset. But like Jason said, and I think this is the best way to put it, like you said, Jason – Winning heals most things. And the reason that this article dropped is because they lost, what, six in a row, five in a row with no yeah, goals? Like and so it's just like when it rains, it pours kind of thing. If they start, like, winning a couple more games after they beat D.C. last weekend, like, win, get a couple more wins, like... It's going to be tough this week, uh, tomorrow, but yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, that's going to be a hard <laughs> one. But I'm sure they'll, they'll do their best. But, like, but you know, they, they work hard. They, they get a couple wins and, like, Bob doesn't take no shit. Like Bob will, Bob will fucking headbutt you. Um, so can I, we'll see what happens. We also, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah, yeah. my 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 concern about Bob and what's going on with that, right? It's not just like it's not just Insigne and Bernadeschi, right? I think in this athletic article there was one former TFC player. So, I mean, it had to be a TFC player of last year that's no longer with the club because they're talking about the environment under Bob Bradley. Um, but he said it, it was the worst environment of my career. And then another, um, in a text to his agent that was viewed by The Athletic, another player summed it up as simply, it's fucked. Uh, you know, 
that Correct. doesn't that that to me, you know, like it's like I it always could be Bob is the issue. It could be, <laughs> but, but that's Bob what I'm wasn't getting the at. issue in L.A. So like, Bob wasn't the issue in L.A. at all. So like, and everyone loved playing in L.A. for LAFC. They were having a good time. They were winning a lot. They just couldn't get over the final hurdle. Like, what's Bob doing differently in Toronto that he was wasn't doing in L.A. Or can these players not handle the same thing? There's a chance it's just a combination of the players being yeah. less motivated or or less into that system. And exactly. Bob is also maybe a hard person to, you know. Bob is, I assume, a hard person to work with. I would assume Bob is a hard ass and players of a certain caliber aren't going to just listen, right? Because plus, plus, I think it matters how the stars of the team react. Like, for all we know, Rossi, Carlos Vela, like, they're killing it. They seem to jive pretty well. Um, but when exactly. CJ and Bernadeschi start becoming the issue, that trickles down for sure to the rest of the Right. Team. Oh, yeah. If maybe Vela, Rossi, um, uh, Brian Rodriguez, right, guys like that who were, were stars under LAFC – Maybe they were fine with being pushed by Bob in a certain way, right? Coaching is different for everyone. Where in Cine and Bernadeschi, Jason, like you're saying, like maybe they just don't like the old school way of Bob, or maybe they're like, bro, like, you know, we've played in World Cups, we've played like, and, and yeah, maybe it could, be a, it could be a personality thing, exactly, it could be anything. But like, it, it, if your stars are unhappy, that's usually the indication. The rest of the team probably won't be buying yeah. it, you know, like. And, if your best player isn't bought into the coach, the guy that's third on the bench coming off is probably not going to buy into the coach. Yep. And Sam, the only thing that I do want to just challenge you with the difference between LAFC and Toronto FC, Bob. Oh, is I don't now, mind at all. I just no, know. no, because it, it, it's a fair point. Bob is now the sporting director at TFC, where he uh, controls player movement. Bob also has someone on his roster with the same last name as him. See, I, yeah, I've, ne- I've never liked that. That's I cool. have to think in some aspect, continuing to play Michael Bradley, where I, I'll even say last year Michael Bradley was kind of decent for after the season. Before that, I thought he was abysmal. But I think having he, he – there has to be some type of like favoritism in a locker room or something like that. You know, at the end of the day, I just think things are messy and – I was talking to someone over DMs about this and, you know, I said, it really just seems like, again, like I said, to start all the star players versus a big name, historic winning head coach who's going to win. And he just simply wrote back to me, if history shows anything, the players win. And Mm. I'm not saying that's my prediction. No one wins. It's going to be a shit season. If that happens, it's going to be a shit season and they're going to fire Bob. So I, I was also looking it up, right? And Bring in an Italian manager. And Bernadeschi don't help themselves. They have about nine combined goals and assists in MLS play in about 1,800 minutes. And that's for two oh. players. Jeez. Not great. And Bernadette, uh, and Insigne just got two of his assists in their 2-1 win over DC last weekend. You know, so it's not like, you know, it, it much. You were cheaper. talking about him like he could be MVP top tier of MLS players, maybe ever. Yeah, ever, yeah. He's not even close to that. Like, the same way we talk about busts, like Arujo and stuff, like... One, one Dude, Kate Cowell's making him look like trash. At, least, at, what t- at what point do we look at Insigne being like, you 
are a failure. I don't, it seems really harsh. I don't mean it like that, but like, like, what point do we start questioning if this even that, works at all? I think next, next exactly. season. I don't know. No, when, I mean, if it's if it's bad in the locker room and they're not playing, no, no that's dude. He's gonna he's gonna try to get a move eventually anyway. He yeah, hasn't but, stayed like, healthy miserable. for long periods of time. Yeah. when he has been healthy, he hasn't been good. Yeah, it's been shit in Toronto. He should probably go. My only challenge point to, and I agree with Jason of at what point do we do, do we start having the conversation of our Insigne and Fernadeski? Uh, Jesus Christ, I can't say this guy's name correctly. Bernadeski, um, are they? Uh, a lot of letters. Are they a failure at at TFC? When can we have that conversation? I personally think it is now. I if it ended today, it would be one of the biggest failures. When things are yeah. starting to leak out into athletic into mls twitter all that stuff is report. tactical that's agents players exactly. no it, it's getting tactical and i think it's just it's smoke showing that that this tfc club right now is on fire and they want out yeah yeah they want out throwing it out when they, they lose out. six in a row yeah i, I it's just maybe I live know. up to your hype and start winning yeah. games i agree yeah i mean look i, yeah. we'll I see what they do this weekend jason this I don't want to. Today. They're, they're, oh, shoot. Yeah, today. Well, they're probably going to lose if we're going to be honest. They're I'm playing. Gonna, I'm doing I, should, I, I don't go into fire games very confident, okay? And I'm not doing it tomorrow. I mean, look, if this is the game where Bernadeschi starts, plays, and has a hat trick, it would be pretty funny. That's all I have to say. I'm going to blame you really for making us have this conversation. But <laughs> let's finish things up, guys. Um, there are midweek games. There are weekend games. I'm not going to make you guys pick a game for each, but is Sounders there a week- San Jose? Okay. Oh, oh, <laughs> you said you're not going to make us pick. I mean, if you, oh, want- I got games. <laughs> okay, Jason, what's your midweek game of the week? The game dropping, uh, the game playing as of drop day for this podcast. What Sounders is your game? San Jose. Oh, why? Shocking In pick. San Jose. That's the best game of the week. Come on, if get it, out of here. I don't, even I don't know, man. It's in Seattle, not San Jose. It's in it's in Seattle. That's what I said, guys. <laughs> okay, best best game of you the brought week. the energy, guys. Sam, what is your? We were so tired um, before this started. I've killed it. Personally. What is your midweek game, you. Sam? Uh, Vancouver, Houston. Is my midweek game. Yeah. Is there a reason why? Or are you just like uh, Houston's on Vancouver. a roll right now? Like Houston's oh. really figuring it out, and Vancouver's been doing pretty well. So like, and Jason's got me hyped on Vancouver at this point. Okay, let's go. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I hate to admit how much I've been enjoying Houston and Ben Olson. They have so, been very, very they've good. Been, they've been fun to watch. <laughs> I will speak my, nothing of Houston. My midweek game is going to be DC hosting Montreal. It's the Hernan Lothada Bowl. And I'm excited oh, to see, that's true. I'm excited to see who, who takes that one. Um, we're going to go, Jason, give me a weekend game. Oh, I'm first both times? Oh, yeah. boy. That's how that happens. The weekend, Jason, I can no, take it for you if you don't want it. The is looking way better than the weekend. I'll tell you that much. Well, I don't want to pick the obvious ones, you know. <laughs> oh, I'll pick the obvious one. All right, Sam, you go. I you got you, baby. One? Dude, the obvious one, Seattle, Portland, easily. That's it. Cascadia. Dude, it, I mean, it's the one Cascadia, other obvious Port- one, too, Portland though. can suck all season, but they're going to play their hearts out against Seattle. It's just going to be England. I'm taking it before. You're right. Kansas. That's a good one. Phenomenal game. We you didn't want to pick Vancouver, Sporting Kansas City, Jason? 
uh, anything with Sporting Kansas City is, I won't touch with a 10-foot pole. They've been playing better. You They're guys, getting better. You guys, they, won, like, they won like a game the other week. I want to see TFC versus Minnesota United after a great Toronto. Dude, what happened to Minnesota? Uh, I'm trying to see my weekend game here. I'm going to pick... Um, Did actually, ever fucking play? Well, no, they haven't. They're not playing because of CCL, and they that's where I'm not playing go. this weekend either, though. I so I thought that LAFC's second leg was next. Oh, they week, have, like, they have the Wednesday the seventh of June fifth, but LAFC actually played their second leg in LA Sunday. So we need to make oh. a second game prediction as well. So that's oh my goodness. Oh man. So we get. We we have next week when we chat MLS on this podcast, we get to see if LAFC or CCL champions. We get to see how Timothy Tillman plays. We get to see how, how many Timothy bangers Tillman he scores. Puts the team on his back and he wins. Right, home game, uh, 2-0 LAFC. So Jason's going 4-1 LAFC win. Okay, like it, Sam. I could see. I could see two. Hmm. They're not That's interesting. Sam, you picked one you one so? in Mexico. I know I picked one one in Mexico. That's why I'm like, I don't know. I could see like two one or, or three one LA at home. Yeah, let's say three one. So Sam's going four one LAFC win CCL. I picked a two one loss hey, for LA. No, no, four four two technically. Sorry, four two, four two. Yeah. Bad math. I picked a two one loss hard. for LAFC in Mexico, leg one. I think leg two. I think this is a one nothing LAFC win. I think we go PKs. You go PKs? That's oh, too stressful. God, That's way too fucking stressful. I don't and that. I'm going LAFC. It's like 2 a.m. I'm laying in bed trying not to. Oh, my God. I'm watching on my phone. Yeah, LAFC win in PKs. That's that's my prediction. Tom so Gray shirtless wait. around his apartment. Nashville versus Dallas uh, this weekend. That'll be <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, we're hyping up That's what we needed. Yeah. We're hyping up CCL. Let's go versus Hani Mukhtar. Hani Mukhtar. Okay. That's Joe it. Willis shutout. Incredible. Incredible episode. One for the books. One for the books. Jason's done. Jason's tired. Good night, everyone.